Hey everyone and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host Devin and this show is all about simplifying the complicated social security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefit that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock central and that number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, Eric wants to know how spousal benefits are calculated for a younger spouse. Marianne wants to know what I think about filing for Social Security now before the whole system goes bankrupt. And then Joe asked, what happens if I stop my benefit? Will that be recalculated later? And there's a lot of other good stuff too, but starting it all off is Marianne. Hey, Marianne. Hey, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Well, thank you. I, I uh, enjoy listening to you, and this might be a repetitive question because I know that you, I believe, are for people filing the latest they can. However, my question is where I keep reading that Social Security is going to be um, probably imploding before 2034, um, that maybe I should just, and this is the other thing, uh, my particular situation is I would like to retire from my current job, which I have a pension with. It's not huge, but it's a pension. Um, by the time I'm 62 and I'm 60 now, um, thinking that I might take it right at 62. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So you like your job? I'm done with it. You're finished. So <laughs> you are, you're 60 now and at 62, yeah. you're going to walk away whether you file for social security or not. Right. Gotcha. I understand. Um, so here's my thoughts on basing a filing decision on the potential bankruptcy, as they say, of the social security system. I don't think it's a good rationale for it. I don't. Now, I'll go back to a statement you made at the beginning. I'm not always for individuals filing at the latest possible. Um, there's a lot of good reasons to file at 62. Uh, some, of the, some of the largest videos on the channel that we've made uh, are about great reasons to file at 62. And so, you know, I, I do think that there are often some fantastic reasons that, um, that you should. And, and sometimes, you know, your family situation is one of them. So, Marianne, are you married? Nope. Uh, single, but I have a significant other. Okay. Um, and his social security situation is a whole nother issue. He should probably be calling you too, but I think that his would be way too um, lengthy to discuss, actually. <laughs> way too convoluted for the phone, huh? Okay. Exactly. So, you know, here's, then let me just share my thoughts with you about, about the topic of your call. If you file at 62, and let's say that social security does have an implosion, as you called it, at 2034. Now, right now, what they're thinking is going to happen is if there are no legislative changes, if there are no law changes that, that come in, swoop in, and rescue the system, then there's going to be an across-the-board 24 25% cut to benefits. For some reason, yeah. people think, well, if I file early, I'm going to be able to escape that. Well, no, you won't. There's going to be an across-the-board cut if one were to happen. So if you waited till your full retirement age to file, you know, you would be collecting more, which would still have that 25% cut than you would if you filed at 62 and you got the 25% cut. Now, I understand the rationale. It's, hey, well, I can collect more benefit payments between now and then. But, you know, I'm not, not too worried about uh, that happening, frankly. Uh, I, I do think that there's challenges with the system. There's no question about it. But 
uh, I was doing some reading just yesterday, and uh, the last time the system got in a similar scenario was in 1983. And on April 20th of 1983, President Reagan signed the Social Security Amendments of 1983. Now, it was just 73 days later that they had forecast that the system would be out of money and there wouldn't be enough payroll taxes coming in to pay the benefits they needed. And and unlike now, that was only a short-term problem that's going to last for two or three years, but still, it was a problem where they wouldn't have enough money to pay benefits. And they waited until the 11th hour to address that problem and to fix it. And that's when they added the taxation of benefits and they put some other things in there, the windfall elimination provision. You know, I imagine what's going to happen this time, it's going to get kicked down the road a ways. I wish it wouldn't, but I think it is. And then right before calamity, right at the 11th hour, they're going to come in with a rescue package that's probably going to fundamentally change Social Security as we know it. But I would not file based on the thinking that Social Security is going to go away. And the other thing with Social Security changes, just to um, maybe make you feel better about any changes that could be coming, they have a long history of making these changes that phase in very gradually. You know, if you look at the full retirement age changes, it took forever for those to move up from 65 to 67. If you look at the way that benefits are taxed, they started taxing benefits in 1983, left the thresholds static, and that way incomes can gradually climb up into there. You know, I think the number that I saw was when benefits first started being taxed, it was somewhere around $3 billion collected. And by 2029, it's going to be $90 billion. And those are the kind of gradual phases that they take this legislative action. So I don't think that current recipients of Social Security are going to have any issue when they do come in and make these changes. I think it'll be future recipients, folks like me and people that are even younger than me. So I don't think you're going to have a problem. Yeah, maybe I'll wait till 65. That's when the Medicare kicks in and everything instead of waiting till 67. You know, it it does. It comes down to uh, a lot of factors. It's you, you've got to make a decision that works in tandem with all of your other assets. You don't want to give up any more of your Social Security benefits than you have to through taxation. You want to make sure that you make a good decision. And it's it's really not a do-it-yourself decision. It's something that you need to get some help with. Yeah. Well, perfect. It, it really is a lot of variables like your oh, retirement, um, how much you're getting in your pension or any annuities or, you know, Yep. Stock market and probably, you know, all those other things, I imagine, combined. So uh, many variables. Kind of figure it out. So many variables. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I tell people you've got to get some qualified help. And we've, uh, I used to do these consultations myself and we finally just, I mean, overwhelming demand and we had to stop doing those. You know, we're coming up with a resource in the very near future where we're going to be able to get people the help they need to make a good decision. So stay tuned to the channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe and hit that notifications bell because that way, when we make this announcement, you'll be um, you'll be on the list to be notified. Hey, thanks for calling, Marianne. I appreciate it. All right, so we're going to go with Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Good afternoon, Dave. I'm doing fine. Fantastic. Well, thank you for calling. How can I help? Um, I've got a I've got a question. I'm, I'm 66 now, and I'll be 67 in October. Okay. And I haven't filed yet. I was going to wait till I was 70 to give my wife as much protection as possible. And my wife is 
uh, currently 65, and she's going to be 66 in November, which makes her fraud uh, January 1, I believe. And I've been doing some reading, trying to figure out if she files, and she's been a stay-at-home mom uh, most of her uh, working career. So her uh, Social Security uh, um, benefit will be um, fairly small. What I'm getting a little bit confused. Can she take half of mine, even though I haven't filed, or do I have to file for her to take half of mine? Good question, Kelly. If that's Kelly. the case, then I'd have to file fully because I'd be losing the income every month. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly think that's one of the things that you have to consider for a for a married couple when you're making a filing decision. You can't just look at your benefits in isolation. You have to look at how does it impact the total household benefits. And I think this is a perfect scenario because when you have that lower earning spouse who's going to get an increase from a spousal benefit, you have to take into account that they cannot get that spousal benefit until you file. And so your filing is going to be a critical piece of her being able to get that increased benefit amount. Yeah, I have to sit down and work the math out and just plug the numbers in and see which way makes sense. But I I have a feeling right now that it would make more sense for uh, me to file so she could get half my rate because I'm at the max uh, for benefit-wise. So I think it would make more sense. And I'll just have to plug that into some kind of little spreadsheet and see how the math works out. Yeah. And and I'll I'll tell you this, uh, Kelly, we do have some, we have some software coming. Uh, It's not too far down the road where you're going to be able to do this and and get get your situation figured out. But, um, you know, good things like that, they take time. And this one sure has taken a lot of time. It's uh, dragging its feet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be in big demand, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I think going. so. Yeah, when you're, when you're trying to crunch these benefits, it's something that I repeat, you know, and it, it's the dead horse that I beat. It's, it's not a do-it-yourself project where you can just figure it out with a notepad in front of you and a, and a, and a pen. You really need some software that can figure out a number of different options. So, I absolutely think that uh, Are there, that you're making the right move and, and you know, considering all the factors here for sure. Yeah, well, is there somebody with, uh, how would I go about finding somebody like you that does this for, as a private practice? Are there certain credentials I should look for or is it like every man for himself? That's a good question. So there's <clears throat> there are some designations out there that are set up just to train people on Social Security. Uh, but let me, let me just tell you this. Stay tuned. I want you to stay tuned to the channel because coming up uh, not too far from now, I'm going to be able to share a resource with our viewers that's going to give them a place to go and get this kind of help and to get some very comprehensive planning done so they can walk away knowing that they're going to make the right decision on Social Security. Right now, well, it's, that it's, would be great. It's still a, it's still a little bit early for me to be able to go out and talk about it, but. Um, it, it is coming very soon, and I hope within two weeks I'm going to be able to roll this out and make this announcement. Wow, that is, that's great. Well, I can definitely wait a couple of months. Yeah, good. To do anything because I'm starting to look at all the uh, – because the, the math doesn't scare me. It's just looking at all the opportunity costs yeah. involved. And, it, you know, somebody that does this for a living, I could do it a lot faster, and, and I'd save a lot of time while letting them do it for me. Yep, and maybe even identifying some of those blind spots too because they are there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Perfect. Well, Kelly, thank you for calling. Have a great day. Thank you. Keep the channel up. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Coming up next is Joe. Joe, thank you for hanging in there. You've been holding for a while now, but uh, how can I help you? Yes. um, Well, um, I thought my job was going to go away when we relocated. 
also my wife started taking her social security benefit. Now she will get a bigger social security benefit when, uh, um, as part of, um, when I retire. Okay. But when, when we relocated, I didn't, they didn't lay me off. So now we want to reset her. Okay. And, um, she was 63 at the time we filed the paperwork, the SS, 521, we never heard anything. And just recently we got another payment indicating that it wasn't granted. So now we're kind of saying, okay, the year clock is ticking. Okay. How do we go about getting this reset so that we take advantage of delaying her till her full retirement age? Gotcha. Uh, Joe, how long ago was it that you sent that form 521 in? Uh, about a month ago. Okay. I'd give it time. I'd give it some more time. And because Social Security is in that COVID still thing, we couldn't see anybody face to face. We had to right. fax it in. Yeah. I mean, I got that and I called and they received the fax. They told me that, but zero communications yeah. after that. So it's sitting in a service center somewhere right now. Uh, it's probably been imaged in. And, you know, the, the administration is, um, they're, they're going through a little bit of turmoil right now. You know, they're, they're, um, the head of the agency and his deputy were both fired. Um, they had initiatives going, and then you know the new people coming in is going to have some new initiatives. The uh, some of the teleworkers, things like that. That's that's kind of up in the air. So you you've got some of the offices that are partially staffed, some that um, you know some that are fully, but they've got a bit of a mess going on. But even in the best of circumstances, I'd give it a little bit longer. And I suspect you're going to see a letter from them within the next you know, 30 to 60 days, probably. Right. We, we want to reset because we, we're going to get a higher benefit. Sure. If we delay. Um, but we thought we might need the money. Okay. Yeah. So we, we called it wrong, but we wanted to reset it. And that's what we're, we, we don't want to miss the opportunity. I guess that's my right. concern. Yeah. You want to get it done within the first year, right? Right. When you sent that 521 in, did you send them a check for the benefits that you'd already received? No, we did not know what the total benefit dollar amount would have been. Because um, it kind of crossed a year and it got adjusted. And then my wife already is collecting um, a benefit from a school district. So the benefit got reduced and there was some other fundiness in the initial set of checks. So exactly how much we owe, we're not really clear. We were hoping to do it, give us a bill, we'll pay it. Okay, perfect. Uh, you know what, Joe, I've just given it a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, another okay. another 30 to 60 days, you should see you should see something happen there. I hope so. Okay. All right. <laughs> so well, yeah, no doubt. Thanks so much for calling, Joe, and thanks for being patient and hanging in there. Okay, thank you. You have a good day. You as well. All right, and up next, we have Eric. Hey, Eric, how are you, sir? Eric, you with us? Yeah, hello. Hey there. Hey, hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you for calling. Yeah, uh, I had a one very specific question and a generic one. Uh, the specific question was, and I think I've heard you maybe answer this as I've listened. I, I, my wife is older than I, and she's full retirement age, and we were, and I'm still at a... Um, the not full eight full retirement benefit, I forgot what they call it formally, but I was looking at it, but it seemed to say that I could take a spousal benefit, but it would be at 50% of her, her amount. 
is that universal? It seems to be because it's kind of the first thing I see. Yeah. So yes and no. So the the spousal benefit is <laughs> up to fifty percent of the higher earning spouse's full retirement age benefit. All right. So for example, if the full retirement age spouse has a uh, or the higher earning spouse has a full retirement age benefit of three thousand dollars, then that spousal benefit, the most it can ever be, is fifteen hundred. All right. Now that okay. fifteen hundred is going to get reduced for your filing age. So if you file for that benefit early, that is going to get reduced. Now, that's a very simplified so it, explanation. Oh, it, it's reduced for the for the filing by spouse's age. Yeah. So okay. yeah, if if you are the lower earning spouse and you are filing for a spousal benefit, that would be reduced based on your age. Okay. Yep. So depending on the situation, then and if. If even your early retirement, uh, early Social Security benefit is more than 50% of your spouse's, at least from that uh, narrow point of view, it wouldn't make sense to file for a spouse benefit then. No, because not with the current rules. Could- yeah, with the current rules, they th- there are the deeming rules that are applied now. Uh, and at your age, that would absolutely apply, which just says that if you file for benefits, they automatically deem you to be filing for all the benefits that you're eligible for. So you wouldn't be able to go in and pick and choose benefits like that anymore where you're saying, hey, I just want to file oh. for a spousal benefit. The only way oh, you can oh, do that oh. now is through a survivor's benefit, but that's not a factor for you, and I, I hope it isn't. Yeah, no, 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 it's not. So, okay, well, that answers the question then. So the choice is in the file, um, sound like, and the choice of whether I should file early or not, that's something that I need to look at. One of the considerations is if your choice is to take money from your own investment or start your social security early. That's kind of the analysis that I'm kind of doing right now. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something that so, we've, you know, we've talked about quite a bit already today on the show. And, you know, it is something that, that people need help with for sure. And understanding that, you know, filing for social security is a strategic decision. It's, it's not something that you just make this decision on its own. You've got to take into account your other assets and some of the other personal factors as well before you file. It can make a big, big difference. Yeah. Yes. 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 And that's kind of what I've been thinking about. But that one piece that I wanted to be clear on was spousal benefits, but you're saying they kind of tighten that up anyway. And so you can't just pick. That's right. Well, thank you very much. That's helpful. And uh, it'll help me as we're continuing to work through this. Uh, You are welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Next up, we're coming from Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Hi, this is Joanne. How are you? <laughs> I am fine. I am a civil service retirement um, pension uh, retiree. I'm 67. I currently have 34 credits in Social Security. A lot of it I accumulated when I was younger, 19, you know, and a little bit when I had a second job. I'm currently working, but I'm working. I went back to school, and I ha- uh, I'm a barber. Uh and the pay that I get is off the books. Since I have 34 Social Security credits and I'm age 67 now, I was wondering if it pays for me to pay in. I would have to 1099 myself and pay the tax on the income, pay the, the FICA for both the employer piece because I'd be self-employed in order to get Social Security. I am divorced. My husband is a little older than me. And when we went to Social Security for him, that was years ago before I divorced him, they told me I could not collect Social Security under his account. Okay. So 
you retired under the CSRS system, so you're getting the yes, civil service pension, uh, which means that while you were there, you did not pay into Social Security. No. Okay. But and I have 34 credits because they did work in private industry. Gotcha. So in in about another year and a half of working and paying yourself, you could get enough credits to qualify for your own Social Security benefit. So without seeing your earnings history, it's hard to know what kind of benefit you would be entitled to receive. But I can tell you, you'd be entitled to receive some benefit. Now, that benefit would be reduced for a provision called the windfall elimination provision, which would take... Yeah, I know. I know about that. It would take part of your Social Security benefit, no question about it. Um, but it's not going to reduce the it down to goal, zero. Yeah, okay. The whole goal is, I was thinking, if at least I got Social Security, all I wanted to cover is Medicare Part B, which yep. I'm paying now yep. for the rest of my life. So that's why I kind of think it's worth it. It, it certainly could be. Let me tell you a resource to use that will be free in your case. If you'll go to the Social Security Administration's website, they have a calculator. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's their WEP calculator, their windfall elimination provision calculator. And in there, you can put in your earnings by year. All right. Now, they're going to ask you about your non-covered pension. That's that CSRS pension. You put in the amount of that pension. And then you can estimate what your forward earnings are going to be. And once you do that, they're going to tell you how much you'll receive in benefits. And then based on that, you can make a determination about is it worth it or not. Okay. That's an easy free way. You could post, yeah, okay. Is there any chance you could post that link to your website or, or the email to me? So the easy, well, I'll just tell you the easy way to find it, Joanne. If you just Google uh, SSA calculators, they have a web page okay. that pulls up and it's, it's very easy to find. It's not something that they hide. It's their web calculator. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your help. You are welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And up next, we have Marilyn. Hey, Marilyn. Hey. Thanks for calling. How can I help? I will be 66 in two months in February. And I'm looking at retiring from my full-time position and getting my full benefits uh, and working part-time in 2022. Uh, what I need to know is which month would be best for me to start my Social Security and not get dinged with them taking a dollar for over two, whatever. So you, when do you plan to retire? From my position? Yes, ma'am. I was hoping the end of December. Okay. And and that's also when you're going to be for retirement age? Uh, for retirement age will be February of 2022. It'll be February. Okay, perfect. Uh, so if you if you retire in December... So will you work through the month in December? Yes. Okay. Then I would just make January your effective date. January? Yeah. You can make January or you can make February. You'll be right at your full retirement age at that point. Either of those will be fine. Okay, now, so if, just, I do, if I do January, so I would file in, would I file that in February to get January? So, yeah, you would want to go in probably November timeframe. That's when you'd want to submit your application. And uh, on that application, okay. you can put the date you'd like your benefits to start and your effective date. Which would be February. Yeah. Yeah. You could select February and that would be your full retirement age. Everything would be nice and smooth at that point. But if you've stopped working in December, then your earnings aren't going to be an issue for your January check. So it wouldn't be anything to okay. be concerned so with. So if I'm working through December, but I get a check in January from my work in December, yep. that won't count. Correct? It won't. No, it's when the work's performed. Okay. Now, what if I make like 
what if I make like $2,000 in January from a part-time job? What would that do? So in the, in the first year of retirement, you're usually in a, a grace period, but they're going to count because that's the year you hit for retirement age. You're not going to be in excess of the earnings limit because that earnings limit in that year um, goes way up beyond you know, what it is now, that $19,000 mark. So you said in the first year with full retirement age, the uh, income doesn't count? So in the, yeah, when you are, when you hit full retirement age, the earnings limit goes away. All right. In the okay. year, in the beginning, the year you attain full retirement age, there's a different earnings limit. All right. So for you, that would only apply for one month, January, because you're not full retirement age yet. And okay. at full retirement age in February, that earnings limit stops applying. So it would be wise to do a February 1st date when I make the application out in November. Yep. November, December, sometime in there, and then uh, ask them to make that your effective date, and you'd receive that first check in March. Okay. All right. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed to know. Perfect. Thank you for your time. All right. Take care. And up next, we have Nira. Hey there. This is Devin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Devin. How are you? Fantastic. How can I help? Yes. I actually sent three questions, but I think some of them might be answered. But the first question I have is, I'm 60. My husband is three and a half years apart, and he left his job last, or actually this year, at 63 and a half. He hasn't um, applied for Social Security, so we are debating if we should do that when he reaches 67, or we should hang in until he's 70. That's number one. Number two, when I become 62 in two years, if I continue to work, will that increase my benefits or does the base stop at 62? No. No, the, the earnings never stop contributing to your earnings record. And it's always your highest okay. 35 years of inflation-adjusted earnings that's that's taken out and ran through the formula. And those benefits are supposed to be recalculated annually. So if, if you look at your high 35 years, and you're going to have to look at those after the adjustments for inflation is done, and you can do that. The Social Security website has some good tools that you can go in there and you can figure out exactly what that amount is after the inflation adjustment. Then if if the earnings that you're making now replace any of those high 35 that you have, then your benefit's going to be recalculated and it's going to increase. But they do not stop at age 62 because that is what I was told by someone. Okay. That is not So that's one question. Second, if my husband was to apply for his social security benefits at his full retirement age. Soon after, I would be 62, so I could also be able to take my benefits. However, he is higher earner. So typically, if I was to get benefits from him, my half would be, I believe, higher than what I would get on my own. So do I need to also apply for benefits in order to get that, or how does that work? Yes. Uh if you want to receive that spousal benefit, that that excess amount, you're going to have to file for your own benefits as well. Okay. Yeah. And they will give me that option to pick and choose. Yeah. The, the actual way that it'll work is let's assume that your husband's benefit is $3,000. And that, that tells mm-hmm. you that 
at your full retirement age, you could receive a spousal benefit of $1,500. But, but let's say that you have Correct. your own benefit of roughly $1,000. So the way that mm-hmm. actually breaks down is you would receive your own benefit of $1,000 plus $500 as the spousal benefit for a total amount of $1,500. Now, that's at your full retirement age. If you file mm-hmm. earlier than your full retirement age, each of those separate benefits are going to be reduced. I see. So even the half will be reduced. Yes, it absolutely will. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it is wise for me to wait at least until my retirement age. Possibly. It, it depends on you know the, the factors that you guys have. It's, it's really hard to know. You know, some of it may depend on the health of your, of your husband. If he's in, um, you know, if, if, if his health is good. He's in good health. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, it, it's really hard to give that type of advice just, just on a phone call, not knowing. You know, I, um, right. I would say that you may want to go out to my YouTube channel. There's a video that I recently published called Five Smart Reasons to File for Social Security at 62. And so what I usually tell people is if one of your reasons isn't listed, it may not be a smart idea. So I would, uh, I would check that video out to make a fully informed decision. Okay. And is there any way to communicate via emails and get direct input once the further details are clarified or clearer, perhaps? Yeah, right now, unfortunately, my consultations are closed. I can't do those anymore, but we do have a resource that's coming out in the very near future where we're going to be able to get people the help they need. So if you stay tuned to the channel, that is going to be coming. Uh, If you're not on YouTube and you don't subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel, you need to because that's where I'll make that announcement. Okay. Perfect. Sounds wonderful. All right. Well, thank you for calling. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them and I assure you, very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I am an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talked about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.